Welcome to the Inside Scoop, everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. Remember, subscribe to this podcast, and that way you're going to know when the next one is published and be able to stay tuned in to all the things going on in Cobb schools. Cobb is known for its rigorous educational programs. Cobb County has six magnet programs offered at high schools across the county, which have gained national and even international notoriety. Campbell High School's International Baccalaureate Program catches the eyes and ears of many parents who want their students to experience an international level of rigor in their coursework across the board. Here to explain the unique program is Campbell's IB Program Coordinator, Mr. Dan Pinnock. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. When we use terms like global or international, that can evoke lots of different thoughts from different angles. Can you explain a little more about the program and uh, its background? Sure. Uh, So the International Baccalaureate was developed in the late 1960s as a universal framework uh, for the children of foreign diplomats to have a standard educational experience no matter where they were stationed in the world. Hmm. Um, So in the 1960s, they created this framework so that kids would essentially have a a high quality education no matter where they went. Uh, In the years that followed, they realized that this framework was extremely beneficial to everybody that was going through it. And so uh, the International Baccalaureate Organization decided to offer this as a framework for schools to adopt and use in their own building, uh, no matter where they are. So there was uh, an authorization process created that the IBO uses to certify your school and your program so that you can offer the International Baccalaureate Diploma uh, within the school. And so created uh, out of uh, global context, I think, at the time, and it remains uh, uh, an organization and a curriculum framework that is uh, monitored and developed and redeveloped over the years uh, with an international emphasis for sure. You know, that's an interesting way that they handled transiency. Yeah. I mean, that, that's basically what that is, right? Yeah, standardize it for everyone. Yeah, and it follows wherever you go. So um, how does this program relate to the general ed program at Campbell? I mean, Campbell's, let's say, a, a traditional school. It's an old mm-hmm. school that's been, been in Cobb. I think it's one of the oldest in Cobb, right? Yeah, it's been around for a long time, and our current campus is actually a combination of two schools that were kind of uh, put together as a group. But yeah, it's been there for a long time, and the IB program was authorized in 1997, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been there for a little while, too. Um, It generally kind of operates like a school within a school model. Um, so the entire school, including IB students, are all on the same bell schedule and have the same lunches and have all the things that students experience day to day. The academic courses that they take within the program uh, is what makes their experience a little bit unique inside the context of the overall school. Okay, so it's not they're not going to a different uh, building. Uh, they're they're relating to the other students day in day out, even hourly, right? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, so they are definitely a part yeah. of the full school day by day, period mm-hmm. by period. So when when we talk Talk to magnet programs. A lot of times we'll find coursework there that um, is is very unique. Uh, for example, if I look at uh, South Cobb and their medical uh, program there, you're going to find programs specific to uh, specific avenues of, of uh, uh, medical career track. Mm-hmm. So how, do, how does that happen in the IB program? Is it relevant or is, it, is the IB program something totally different from that general concept of specific courses for specific 
outcomes and purposes? Well, I think in its inception, the IB was created as a broad-based liberal arts program so that students could pursue advanced coursework in every subject area to build their skills in the long run for whatever they may want to pursue. Mm -hmm. So they're basically going to get an education in language arts, math, science, uh, history, foreign language. They're going to get a broad base of skills and and experiences to make sure that they can pursue kind of any career Mm -hmm. uh, or any goal down the road. But I think within the framework of that liberal arts education, there are definitely opportunities for students to uh, accelerate and go beyond in particular subject areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have a chance to study, you know, mathematics at a very high level. Uh, They have a chance to study, uh, you know, foreign language and and master a language before they leave high school so they can feel confident about traveling around the world or studying around the world in those languages. Uh, So I think there are similarities to what some of the other programs do as far as uh, developing students' skills and abilities before they get to the next level. Mm -hmm. I think ours is a little bit different in that it's more broad-based to make sure that students are going to be successful in any career. Uh, it's not so specialized to prepare them in one or two things. It's really uh, wherever they want to go next, they're going to feel confident they can do it. So how is this related to the AP programs, for example? I mean, it, it sounds to me very, very similar in, in many respects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the AP program and IB are, uh, I usually say parallel. Uh, they're both at advanced learning experiences that students can have in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the differences are that the AP program is kind of based on student interest or student ability in specific subjects. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, students pick and choose in an AP program which classes they want to take. IB has the same level of sort of rigor and in-depth study in the courses, but I think IB is a holistic program. We want the students to study a little bit of everything. Uh, So the student that's very good at math and science is also going to take foreign language and language arts and history at a very high level in IB Mm -hmm. because we want those skills to be developed too. Uh, The average high school student may just focus on what they're good at, um, but IB really wants them to build build on what they're good at and also enhance the skills that they might need to be better at over the long run. So they are going to take a little bit of everything as opposed to one or two things that they're interested Mm in. So you're not just uh, going deeper on on uh, specific uh, subjects, but you're broadening through all the subjects. You're going deeper, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think okay. they get to study um, in depth and for a long period of time. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the differences I think that people don't always know is that true IB subjects are two years long. Uh, so you think about the average student in high school takes a class for a semester or if they're on the traditional schedule a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IB subjects in the junior and senior year are two years long. So a student gets to take IB history for two straight years. And you think about the amount that they can dig into and the, the amount that they can learn about over the course of two years as opposed to one. Yeah. And I think that's the, the richness of the experience in IB is that they get a really long, in-depth experience with the subjects. Does that uh, build engagement? I mean, it seems to me that, uh, you know, one of the challenges teachers have is, is constantly just trying to hurry through to keep up the pace and cover all the st- things that are required, mm-hmm. right? But if you're able to kind of stop a little bit and focus in deeper, do students find themselves drawn into the subject because of that? I think so. I think after a period of time, you know, every student is is invested to the degree that they want to be successful. But I think what's great about our staff especially is they really, they can dig deep and take students into uh, a level of understanding and engagement that many kids don't think they would probably get to. I can speak as a parent of a student who's currently a junior in our program. I will tell you, she started out... 
you know, she's good at everything. She can be successful in lots of different subjects. And I encouraged her to take an art class and she hadn't taken art since like fifth grade. And she was like, I don't really want to take this class. And I said, look, I just want you to have the experience because it's different than most art classes you're ever going to take. And so she took that class and now three years later, it's the, her favorite thing she's ever done. Uh, because it was, it was a hands-on unique in-depth experience in the art world that she had never seen before. And that really changed her mindset about, you know, what she could get out of classes because she realized the depth of understanding she had was so much different than she expected. Um, So so it's neat to see. You're saying father knows best. <laughs> so sometimes it, you got to be really old to understand. That. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> but uh, that, that's interesting. I mean, I I don't necessarily think. And please don't send me cards and letters about this, but uh, or emails, as we say nowadays. Uh, but the the whole notion that art would be uh, even art would go deeper. I mean, I, I typically I haven't been in an art class for right. a couple of centuries, and so I, I'm thinking. Okay, you're covering technique, you're covering uh, maybe a little bit of history in it, but by and large, you're hands-on, you know, uh, see how you can do this particular technique and move on to the next. Right. But in this case, they're looking at what, motivations, um, the life that led to this outlet of art or things of that sort? Yeah, there's a lot to do with the context of the art that they're studying and learning about. They may learn about an artist like Jasper Johns, who is kind of abstract and may have had text in his work too. Mm -hmm. And students can research and learn more about that artist and then adapt some of their techniques into their own. And I think what's great about the the overall experience they have is that students get to tinker with a lot of different formats and mediums. They may be a traditional draw paint student. They may be a traditional clay sculpture person. Mm -hmm. But they get a chance to do mixed media, digital media, hands-on things. So they find sort of the avenue that they like best to express the ideas that they're trying to share. And I think that's what makes the IB art experience pretty unique is that it's not just we want you to paint the bowl of fruit and make it look really nice. Mm -hmm. It's about what way do you want to represent something? Uh, What ideas do you want to express? And then in what format? So it's fun to watch the kids kind of tinker with lots of different ways Mm -hmm. and then kind of find their own voice in the art that they create. That's fascinating. I, I wish they'd had something like that when I was in school. That would have been, <laughs> been a lot of fun. Yeah. Of course, my peers, you know, um, Michelangelo would have shown me up anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, where do you see the, the graduates typically? It's, uh, your, your program is uh, more broad based. So maybe this is an unfair question to mm-hmm. ask you. But where would you see or where would you expect to see your graduates land in life? What, what would you expect these people to end up doing? Well, that's that's a great question, because I think uh, every year I'm always astounded by the number of places they go and the number of things that they're set off to do. Uh, I think because obviously uh, STEM education is, is very popular right now, probably upwards of about 40 percent of our students will end up going into the STEM fields. Um, okay. So that could be engineering, could be medicine, biotechnology, uh, could be pure sciences like chemistry or something like that. Uh, so a large number of our kids will head off into STEM fields of some kind. And I'd say outside of that, it is students, you know, destined for international relations, global politics, law, uh, things like that, that are sort of a part of the international experience they have while they're in high school. So they're set up to go work in the world. And, you know, our, our big picture goal is to make the world a better place. And hmm. so students set off with that mindset, no matter what they do, that their goal is going to be to make the world better. So 
I'd say last year's graduates had a hundred and change uh, that graduate year by year from our program. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the state of Georgia, they go to UGA and Georgia Tech, obviously, because tuition is pretty good there. Um, But they set off everywhere else. How are they received by? I mean, I would assume that they're well received. But I mean, is is, uh, the IB program one of those that uh, the, the major universities look at and go, ooh, this is this is what I want? Well, the IB experience is definitely unique, and, and we believe that does play an important role mm-hmm. in, uh, in how they're received by colleges. Uh, and I can say typically year to year, uh, close to 100% of our kids that apply will be accepted at UGA. Um, last mm-hmm. year, we were right around 95%. Um, and then Georgia Tech, a little bit lower than that, usually 75 to 80% of our graduates that apply are accepted at Georgia Tech, too. So we know the coursework that they uh, build up on a transcript at our school, uh, the experiences that they have. Uh, are going to make them competitive wherever they want to go. Um, so we do have students that go, you know, to some of the big names like Stanford and Harvard and MIT and places like that. Um, but I think I'm, I'm most proud that our students in the state of Georgia are always going to be super competitive uh, for admissions to UGA and Georgia Tech year to year. Any uh, students that come to mind, standouts? Yeah, we've had, uh, obviously, over 20 years worth of graduates, um, and I'm always uh, impressed with the things that they do, um, Uh and and they go beyond. I'd say uh, some of the ones that are doing some pretty neat things right now, we've got a student that graduated from Georgia Tech that is uh, in the MIT media room right now. Um, She graduated in neuroscience from uh, Georgia Tech and now is working on an interface between uh, brains and computers. Um, So, yeah, I think she's uh, not not in the science fiction world. It's it's science reality with what she's doing, which is kind of neat to hear about uh, that kind of stuff. Skynet. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's scary stuff. It's, it's, it's cool stuff because, yeah. you know, a lot of times we, we think of it as the, the Skynet or what have you, but really it kind of works the other way. And being able to uh, help people who, for whatever reason, their their brain is working fine, but the, the body's not cooperating. Right. And so they can help with prosthetic development and so forth, right? Yeah, they? they do. Uh, I know she's working hard on that. And it's neat to see she's kind of in the center of, of innovation in the world right now. Yeah. And, and I've seen her parents a couple of times in the community and they just rave about the opportunities that she's getting. Um, and they're always uh, keen to point out that they feel like, you know, she really started on her path when she was a high school student with us and really dug into some ideas about what she wanted to do later. Wow. And that's kind of turned out to be the case for her. Yeah, that's exciting right there to see the product like that. For sure. So what makes that good candidate? I mean, uh, you know, you got a good student. What's the distinction that that tells a parent, hey, this is uh, something that would be a good fit probably for my kid? It's a great question. And one we often get in the in the application timeline, uh, I would say many of the applicants are going to be, you know, smart kids that work hard and do well in school. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're involved in things outside of school. That's typically what the average candidate would have. But I think the thing, the quality that I look for the most in an applicant is is a student that is curious. Uh, They want to know more about something. They want to learn about different people. They want to learn about all kinds of things at once. Uh, There's a natural curiosity to so many of our students that want to dig in and find out more. They Mm want to find out why. They want to find out how. And I think that's the kind of student that is going to meet with success in a program like ours. That's going to demand a little bit of them across the board and then give them the tools to go find the answers to the questions that they have in in college and beyond. So what about the application process? I assume it's similar to the other uh, magnet programs, but could you describe a little bit about uh, what we're looking at for parents to 
stay tuned in too? Sure. So the magnet application for our program is the same as the other five academic magnet schools. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that starts uh, October the 1st. Uh, There's an online website, uh, Mm magnet.cobk12.org, that uh, eighth graders can go on and fill out the application. Uh, That application is open from October 1st until the first Monday of December. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we try to tell them, we visit all all the middle schools every fall so that students understand that this is their one opportunity to apply and that uh, they're never going to know what's possible unless they give it a shot. So mm-hmm. we really encourage students in that two month time frame that the window is open, that they fill out the application just to see what might happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never really know unless they fill it out and you know potentially get accepted to one or more programs and then they can find out if that's the right fit for them. Um, so I think as many as we can, uh, tell them to, to apply and give it a shot and see how it turns out. And if you were listening to this after that two month window, that's fine because hopefully that's an eighth grade parent that is uh, thinking about this and needs to be tuned in before the year passes by and suddenly it's on you. Right. Yeah, for so. sure. Uh, we really want to make sure that they get that out and, and stay on top of it. Is there anything that they could do toward the end of the eighth grade year to help the process overall? You know, obviously we want them to continue to do as well in school as they can. Um, what I try to tell students also is that I don't want you to go join 14 things outside of school. Um, that's great if you've got enough time to do 14 things. Right. Um, but I really encourage students to find the two or three things that they really care about and that they really love spending time doing. So if it's you love playing an instrument and, and you're a musician, do that as much as you can. If you're you know, a really good basketball player and you want to play basketball all the time and be a part of a you know, select team, mm-hmm. go do that. If you're a part of Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or you know, church retreats, just whatever it is that interests you, that motivates you, I would encourage students to follow those interests and passions as much as they can, because I think that will give life to them overall beyond just school. It sounds like that's life advice. That's not, <laughs> not necessarily bad, but, but uh, it, it sounds like you're encouraging students to go deep on their interests and not just try to get you know, 20 different interests going. So yeah, as, I think in when ultimately students apply to college, we hear the same thing from colleges. We yeah. don't want to know that they are president of 17 clubs. Right. We want to know the two or three that they invested a lot of time and energy in and made a difference. Right. And so I think, yeah, to your point, it is a little bit of life advice. You know, find the things that you care about and do those things. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's important when you're looking at whatever the next step is uh, to, to round out your life in the way that's going to be meaningful to you. Well, folks, we've been listening to Mr. Dan Pennick, the coordinator for the International Baccalaureate Program at Campbell High School. Dan, thanks for coming by. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. You can learn more specifically about the Campbell IB program by visiting www.campbellib.org. And if you'd like to learn more about the magnet programs across the county, visit the district's website, www.copk12.org. Select schools from the menu at the top, then magnet over on the left-hand side. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.